Yo, what's up? Thank you for checking out the OK Beast podcast. Uh, a couple things about this first episode. Uh, one, uh, we forgot to insert our Twitter tags. And so um, you can follow me, Blessing, at Blessing Jr. And you can follow Ian, at Ian Why Not. Um, also, during the recording of this episode, I was also very sick. And you can kind of still hear my voice. Um, my voice is kind of lost. Um, I recorded this a couple days ago. Uh my voice got progressively worse throughout this episode. And so just keep that in mind. Uh, this is a warning. Um, yeah. Uh, enjoy the episode. Thank you for checking out the first episode of OK Beast. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OKB's OK Podcast, Episode 1. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adoye. J- joining me this week is Ian Prichelle. What's up, Ian? Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm not tired. I have a bunch of games that I want to play. And yeah, nice, I'm good. Nice. Hmm. Um, I'm kind of sick, in case you can't tell. Uh, and so my voice is kind of raspy. I sound kind of like an, an elderly um voluptuous woman right now but i think it'll work i kind of like my voice when it's gone a little bit and so i'm gonna make it work and we're gonna survive through this you always uh, sound like a voluptuous woman to me blessing i try i try to it's one it's one of my aspirations you know like i always have dreams of being a voluptuous white woman okay beast is a brand dedicated to, to games culture and looking at how games fit within our culture the OKB's podcast is a gaming-centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. If you like that, you can subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Uh, you can visit OKBeast.com, and you can follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter. Uh, and so I have to put out a couple of apologies. One, apo- one I apologize for my voice. Two, <clears throat> I apologize for the sound quality of my microphone uh, because I promised on Twitter that I was getting a new microphone. Because I don't like, I don't really like the microphone I'm using now. Um, mostly because it does like a weird static thing. Uh, and that happens to all three of the microphones I use. Uh, it does like a weird static thing every now and then. So I apologize for the static sound you might hear. Uh, but I like, I ordered a new microphone. And uh, I got a mixer and stuff, but I got the wrong mixer. So I have to wait a couple weeks before I get a new one. And so that's sort of my apology slash explanation for that. Um, but yeah, this is our new podcast. Uh, the OK Beast podcast, which I feel like is is long overdue. Uh, we just finished the Overwatched podcast a couple weeks ago. And so now we're on to bigger and newer things. And so this podcast will basically be hmm. a podcast where we kind of just uh, talk about life, games, whatever, and just have fun with it. Ian, does that sound good? Yeah, man. Sounds good to me. Sweet. <laughs> and so we're going to start off this podcast uh, with what we've been playing or doing, or watching, or whatever. So, Ian, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so anyone who listened to the other podcast that we did, uh, they know that we've been fiending on Persona. So we've pretty much, or at least from my perspective, I've only really been playing games while I commute. Uh, because when I come home after work, I'm a little bit tired. Uh, and I kind of want to just lay down, or I want to do other stuff like drawing. So I've been doing persona on my commute to work and i recently have been playing 
Pokemon Art Academy, which is a drawing application on the 3DS, uh, and making some fun like art pieces with that. What else have I been playing? Uh, Persona 4, Pokemon Art Academy. I got back into Street Hold Fighter up. Up. for like a hot up. minute. Let's back up for for a second. Oh, uh, how are you enjoying Persona 4? Oh, like, I, I love keep... it. And, like, what do you say? Yeah. How would you compare it to like a lot of other games you play? You've played lately. Um. Other games I played lately. I mean, games I played lately before that were uh, were Overwatch, were Bloodborne. Uh, what other games did I play before that? Uh, well, there's tons of games, but none of them were RPGs. And the last mm-hmm. RPG I played before that was either was either Pokemon or some other RPG that I can't think of. So I haven't really played an RPG. I've been on an RPG hiatus, ironically enough, since I've moved to Japan. So. To play Persona 4, a game that is about Japan while living in Japan, is so surreal. Mm. It's so weird. Like, like there's so many of these references in the game that are Japan-centric that, like, normally you just, you kind of just see and you'd be like, oh, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Oh, whoops. Uh, that'd be, that, oh, that's interesting. But when you live here, it's like. Like it's such a different sort of feel. Like for example, mm-hmm. if if you if you've played Persona Four before, then you'll know this reference. The very beginning of the game, your character uh, supposedly lives in Tokyo, and then he gets on a train, and the train has this giant green line on it. And in Japan, which is where I live, there, that's called the Yamanote line. So I'm playing the game, and I had no idea this was happening. And I I'm playing the game while I'm on the Yamanote line, and I look up and I see the green line. And I'm like, whoa, it was such a weird meta experience. And if you ever have lived in Japan or live in Japan now, you'll you'll find so many of those meta references where like every other thing you see is also in the game. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like like, for example, like the the uniforms that the kids wear, my students wear them, uh, the train lines, uh, like the holidays, obviously. Like, for example, I'm in the month of August in my game right now. Uh, no, sorry, I'm in the month of July right now, and there's a holiday called Ocean Ocean Day, and I had the day off on Ocean Day while playing the same day in Persona. It was very strange, very meta. Uh, mm. Yeah, but other than Persona, I've been playing Street Fighter uh, because Evo just happened, uh, and then I just start, like literally today, just started playing Monster Hunter X or Monster Hunter Generations, as it's called in America. Okay. Yeah. So, like, going back to Persona Four. Okay. Uh, I I feel like it's it's interesting, like how how um, true it is to like Japanese culture and stuff. Because I think there was a point in the game where there's Golden Week, which is sort of like it's almost like Christmas in uh, Japan, if I'm correct, right? Uh, well, from my understanding, again, my understanding of stuff here is kind of limited, but Golden mm-hmm. Week is actually a holiday that. I think it started with movie theaters actually that like the, it was called golden week because these big movie chains wanted people to go and take a break from work and go see movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in reality, golden week is just a string of national holidays that are lumped together. I think it's Chisai Kodomo no Yobi. It's like, that's sorry. That's children's day, which is a good day Mm -hmm. dedicated just for children. I think it's like Japanese earth day. And then two other holidays that just happen to be with... Oh, Shogun's birthday. It's the Shogun's birthday, uh, Children's Day, and I think either Boy's Day or Girl's Day or, or Earth Day, Japanese, like, 
naturalist day or something. And they just so happen to be during one week. It's supposed to be a week where you like spend time with your family or you go shopping or you go on vacation and like put more money into the economy. <coughs> um, mm. But I yeah, it's Black Friday. Kind of. But yeah. But imagine if Black Friday was an entire week off and mm. you like. Which had just, yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like because um, and I, I'll, I'll bring that up because like I thought that was really it was really cool. And like you really get good taste of Japanese culture while playing Persona 4. Um, I've also been playing Persona 4, mm. and I think it's I, I think it's awesome. I've been playing for, like, the last maybe, like, month and a half now. Um, and, yeah, I, I've been, I put more hours into this game than I put into many other games I've been playing recently. Um, the Persona 4 and Overwatch are, like, the two games where I've been putting a lot of hours into. Persona 4 is really, really good. Uh, it's the first Japanese RPG I've played in a long while. Um, because I kind of like got tired of Japanese RPGs after Final Fantasy thirteen. Um, <clears throat> actually, after like playing multiple Final Fantasies back to back, I was like, okay, I I just can't do it. <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of Final Fantasies, and they're supposed to be like the pinnacle of JRPGs, but they kind of no, they're not. They kind of don't do it for me. No, um, they're not. People are people are snobs and say Final Fantasy is like the epitome of of RPG. I think that Final Fantasy's been on the decline for a long time. I think mm-hmm. the last Final Fantasy game I actually loved was Final Fantasy Tactics Advance on the GBA. Mm. And that's how long it's been for me as, like, an RPG fan. Uh, here's the thing. People say Final Fantasy VII is the greatest, like, one of the greatest games of all time. And I've tried playing Final Fantasy VII multiple times, and I have not been able to, like, enjoy it. That's with, like, that's with Cloud and Tifa, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I started playing that literally right before I left for Japan, and I was like, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it could be like an age thing of like the games just don't hold up. But like it's it's a turn-based RPG. So I feel like a game like that should be able to like, at least the battle system should be able to hold up. Or at least the story. Because it's, it's, like, it's not like you're playing the game. Like it's not like a, a um, I was going to say Mario 64, but Mario 64 still holds up. Yeah, like, you're not, you're not an not active like, participant is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like a GoldenEye where like you're like, you're in the game and you're performing these actions and if the game's not polished well then you're kind of it's kind of not good it's it's a game that's based on on the time period um, in which it came out yeah i mean not even not even that but it's based on like menus and it's based on story and a game based on like on um, a fighting system that's not like live that's like turn-based like that uh i feel like should be able to to age well age pretty well in a game that's that has a heavy, heavy emphasis on story, like an RPG does. Should be able to age well, but I, I just feel like it didn't. I don't know. If it, it, it doesn't strike me as like that, like great. Yeah. Um, but that's just Final Fantasy VII. But back to Persona Four though. Persona Four does strike me as great, and uh, I don't want to go too much into Persona Four because we're I, we're gonna do a Persona Four spoiler cast at some point. Everyone, both of us finished. Yeah. And I think we're probably gonna get um uh, Chase. Uh, I I can't remember the last name, but at Bodacious Chase on Twitter. We're probably going to get him on, too. Um, at least I want to. Um, and maybe we can even force Alex Van Aken to play it and get him on. Or maybe but, Danny, uh, too. We can maybe get Danny. Because Danny's oh, yeah, a persona yeah, fiend. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. actually and, asking and, me before the podcast. He's like, all right, you, can you guys talk about it on the podcast and talk about... Uh, he actually had a really awesome question uh, mm-hmm. about perception of the game. Because, again, I don't know how it was for you. But perception in games is very important, especially when you're going into a game. So for me, I've had no interaction with Persona at all. In like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how I've dodged this game for so long. 
but like I'm a huge fan of Japanese culture. I've I live here. Like I somehow have have not had any interaction with this game at all. No one I know plays it. No one I knew played it at all. So mm-hmm. I've I've pretty much gone into this game completely fresh. Somehow I don't know how, and mm-hmm. that made the game so much better for me. Like every gaming mechanic that's been coming out, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And like when something happens, it's like genuinely a surprise. You know? Yeah. I feel you, and we can even we can even talk about the the uh, do you have this question? Or are you able to pull up your questions? So because we can talk about it right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, and get out of the way because I feel like that'd be a it'd be an interesting topic. Because like for me, like my story with Persona Four is uh, I I didn't have I didn't get a PlayStation Three until about two thousand eleven uh, because I was in high school and I couldn't afford a PlayStation Three, um, and my my mom wouldn't get get it for me. And so, like, I didn't get a PlayStation 3 until, like, after a lot of people already had it. And so, like, I remember going to GameStop all the time before 2011, uh, buying very cheap PlayStation 2 games. Because at that time, like, GameStop had, like, a rack of, like, $10 and under PlayStation 2 games. So anytime i go to the mall and go to GameStop, I'd always get a new PlayStation 2 game. And Persona 4 well, was always at GameStop. And it was very prominently shown. And that's because it was, like, one of the last huge big PS2 games, if not the, like, last huge PS2 games big ps2 game and i remember seeing it all the time and i think i think at the time it was priced more than the other games since it was actually relatively newer but i would see it and i'd be like oh this game looks cool and it had like an interesting cover too because it was like yellow and stuff and i'd see it i'd be like oh that game looks really cool uh, I, I should get that at some time um but i'd always instead get like some really cheap ps2 game like red faction <laughs> or like some other game red faction is actually an amazing game it's like one of my favorite games of all time but like <clears throat> Yeah, like so, I I would always see Persona Four, but I never like even like touch it, and I never I, I didn't know whether it was a good or bad game. I would just always have it in like the back of my mind of like, man, I gotta try this game sometime because it looked interesting. Uh, fast forward a couple years, I would, I got into like IGN, and I got into like uh, kind of funny and Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty, Moriarty and, all, and all that stuff. And on Podcast Beyond um, years ago, they they would champion Persona Four, uh, and so like I I kind of. I kind of had the perception of okay, this game is awesome. This game is is, is great. It's whatever, um, but like, I also like, I haven't I haven't played like a good JRPG in a while. Like, I feel like JRPGs uh, are cool. Like, I like them. I like the style. I like anime, uh, and so I should like JRPGs more than I do. But like, I kind of just like I like Pokemon. I like um, um, Kingdom Hearts, which is like barely an RPG. But like, I I like I like certain JRPGs, but I don't really I'm not really too into the genre. I'm not like very like deep into it, and I don't know. I didn't know whether Persona Four was gonna be like too much for me or not. Um, but I got into Persona Four, or no, I kind of wanted to play Persona Four for a while now, um, and I figured I'd just wait till I got a Vita and play Golden. Um, but yeah, going into the game, I expected it. I didn't know what I expected it to be, but I expected it to be amazing. And so far, it's hit all my expectations, uh, if not exceeded any of them. Um, <clears throat> I like how I like how you're going into the question. You're like, oh yeah, read me the question, and then you just happen to answer the question and, without yeah. me telling you anything about yeah. the question. Yeah, I know. I mean, you said perception, so I was like, I guess the questions about perception, or whatever. But um, do you have the question on? You can read it. Yeah, yeah. Here, so this is this question is from a good friend of mine, Danny Juarez, and I think his Twitter is at Stoked Danny, mm-hmm. and his question is. Uh, I said, hey, any ideas for the podcast this week? He goes, Persona 4 and how you feel so far about it. 
and where your expectations of it have been compared to what everyone says about it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then my response yeah. was, thanks, man. We're going to talk about it. And then I said, send me naked photos. And he didn't respond <laughs> after that. It's kind of messed up, respond. dude. You got to hit me up. Yeah, it is kind of messed up. But uh, messed up. So, And you kind of already went uh, on about your expectations of it. And so my whole thing about picking up the game is that in Japan, the Vita is still very popular. Like I see it almost all the time on the subway. Like like you said before about Kind of Funny and Greg Miller and Colin, and they always complain about how no one bought a Vita. Dude, if they came to Japan for like a week, they'd, they'd see so many. They'd, they'd start hugging random Japanese businessmen. Like mm -hmm. I, I just, it, it makes me laugh every time I'm listening to their podcast and I hear like, oh, there, no one bought a Vita. I'm like, dude, everyone on this train that I see right now in my peripheral vision has a Vita. I don't know what you're talking about. But mm -hmm. I went to a local electronic store and i picked mine up for like 90 bucks uh and then i picked up persona 4 online and in terms of my then you picked up the memory card for like a limb no mine mine card. mine came with a free memory card oh really how many gigs uh i think it's i i don't know off the top of my head but i have two or three games on it and it's not full yet so nice dude yeah dude japan awesome. japan with the primo card, like... the primo deal I, I, I literally had to sign a waiver to get my uh, memory card. And the waiver <laughs> said, like, your firstborn is ours. Um, you're, you have to put on a lease. It was, it was a whole ordeal. Yeah, I heard, there, I I heard that's a big thing card. on the Vita. But anyway. Uh, Jesus. Uh, but so <laughs> I picked it up. And again, like I said before, is that I, I had no expectations for this game. I, I had nothing going into it. I had a friend that really liked Persona, but I never asked her about it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Persona seems cool. But... Like I said before, I have no idea how I dodged this game for so many years. I love anime. I love Japanese culture. I love JRPGs. I, I don't understand how I dodged this game for so long. I had a PS2. I had a PS3. Don't understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm kind of in the yeah. same boat as you. Is that, uh, you know, I love Kingdom Hearts. I love I love Pokemon. I've, I've been a fan of Pokemon. I even wrote an article about why Pokemon should be better on our site. And I'm a huge fan of those types of RPGs. Uh and I like the more hardcore RPGs as well. I'm not just kind of like the baby's first RPG kind of guy, as people compare Pokemon to like a baby's first RPG. But uh, my expectations going into it were nothing, ironically enough. Uh, I had no expectations going in, and I've been like amazed at every turn. Like the anime, like every time you do a, a combo attack with the anime um, cutscene that kind of happens every time. Like yeah. when, for example, I'll tell you right now, my one of my favorite moments in this game is. Uh, you pair up with Yosuke, who's, I mean, spoilers for one character name if you've never played it before. Yeah. Uh, and if I you mean, haven't I'm played sure. it before, please go out and play it. Yeah. It's so no, good. Wait, I, think, I don't think people are going to get upset if you say, like, Risei or Yosuke or whatever. What the fuck, dude? Just don't, get, <laughs> just don't like, go into, like... Yeah. So with the last one 10 seconds of the game, this happens. No. Um, <laughs> so, so you pair up with Yosuke in the beginning of the game, and uh, you, you do something and you do a pair-up attack, and... I had no idea what the pair-up mechanic even was. And he goes, hey, partner, let's do it. And then when you click yes, he goes, good answer. And then you both jump in and the anime cutscene happens. I was on the train and I swear there's like a, there's like so many people around me. It was rush hour and I think at like 8 a.m. And like I literally audibly out, outside of my, like I actually said it out loud. I was like, ooh. And then everyone around me was like, eh? Like they all stopped what they were doing and looked at me. Because I, I was like, dude, I was so hyped up. It was so funny. Like, imagine an, think, an entire train of Japanese businessmen at 8 o'clock in the morning going from 
from like my part of town to Tokyo, they all just looked at me like I was a crazy person. It was hysterical. Dude, that's awesome. I had like a I had a moment similar to that where I was on the bus and like Teddy is one of my favorite characters in the game because he has like like he he annoys me at times, but then he has other times where he's like he just hilarious and he had like this one hilarious moment where I was just on the bus cracking up and people were like, "What the heck is wrong with this dude?" But yeah, the game has like such a great like tone. It has a great humor and it's it's very well written, and which is crazy to think for like a, a Japanese game that's like translated to English. Of course, like all credits go to like their localization team. Like they did a they did a fantastic job of um of localizing the game and make and making it like they they kept it genuine to its Japanese nature because it's a very Japanese game. Oh, 100%. But they made it easy to like digest and understand um as an American who's like not in Japan or I'm not familiar too much with Japanese culture. They made yeah. they made they made it really good and they made it still like entertaining and funny for me. And like yeah. whole, not even that but hilarious and like really awesome. Now, now, I guess, like, one last thing before before we move on is, mm-hmm. in, in the game, uh, do you know anything about honorifics at all in, Jap- oh. in Japanese? Mm-hmm. Okay, so honorifics essentially are, like, uh, things that come after someone's name that kind of tell you who, like, your oh, connection okay. to them. So, like, um, I forgot, uh, like, San or, like... Uh, San, San, Chan, Kun... Uh, senpai senpai kohai uh stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i i love this game so much and the thing is this might be just like a a weeby thing please someone hit me up on twitter and tell me if this bothers them as well or hit me up just in general but (laughs) the game though their voice actors are extremely american sounding right like Mm -hmm. for example like characters like hey man what's up like they have a very american accent obviously because that's what you're supposed to do as a voice actor if you're going to a certain audience right but like imagine like when i speak japanese i speak with a japanese accent and then when i add those honorifics it's a japanese thing right Mm -hmm. so they'll do this really american accent but then they'll add in the honorifics at the end and but they'll say it with a white person accent if that makes I any sense. I did find that weird. I yeah. did find that weird. So it's like, say like uh, senpai and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I don't know what a senpai is. Yeah. Second of all, like, I feel like you could have like, I mean, if you're localizing that, I feel like, I feel like you leave that out. You, but yeah, also, you I leave think, it out. Yeah, that's like the, yeah. the most important thing. And the thing is, yeah, maybe exactly. it's just maybe it's just me, but I'm glad that you agree with me on this one because I don't think we've talked about it before. But like, for example, senpai is just someone who's older than you. So in Japan, mm-hmm. like people. Like, the elderly and people who are older than you, it's very important to respect them, you know? So, they have an entire thing that is dedicated to uh, an honorific, a thing that you say after someone's name to denote that they're older than you when you're in high school. So, like, Mm. if someone is older than you in high school, you call them a senpai. Because in Japan, senpais are older students that usually help you with homework or help you with things... Like, for example, getting used to the school. Like, when you have a senpai, that senpai helps you. Like, oh, here's your class. Here's this. Here's here's different parts of the school. Kind of like the way that the characters in Persona, the older characters help the younger characters out sometimes. If that makes mm. any sense. Uh, no, it makes it makes perfect sense because, like, I went. I used to go to a um, private boarding school in Nigeria, and well, it was. The I same had way. no. Wait, I, really? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not something I talk about a lot. Interesting. But like, I, yeah. During middle school, so when I was like uh, 11, 12, 13, I, w- I, I went to a middle school um, or a private boarding school uh, during middle school. And it, cool it had, we, we had a lot of like shared kind of like cultural things with, uh, I feel like, I feel like African and Asia have a lot of common in terms of like respecting elders and stuff like that. 
but yeah, like if if there was a student in a class above me, I would always call them. I wouldn't call their call them just their name. I would say, uh, senior John or senior Gary. Like I have to call him senior this. If it's an adult, then I have to call him something else. I can't remember what I called him because it was so long ago. Yeah. But, like you have or like. If it's like a relative or something, I'd call him Auntie this or Auntie whatever. Family ah, family, okay. Like um, but yeah, there's always you always have that prefix there. Um, the same way I feel like in in Japan they would say whatever senpai or whatever son or whatever. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah. So I got when I was when I was playing the game, I was like, okay, this is sort of that that kind of thing of like the respect towards elders. But they don't expect. <laughs> It just bothers me because yeah, they, they don't explain, explain it. it at all. They don't explain it at all. Like, they expect you to, I guess, get it by context. But, like, so, okay, re- real, real quick. Real quick Ian Purcell Japanese lesson for anyone out there who doesn't know what the fuck this means. So, Chan and Kun are, or Kun, K-U-N. It's so weird to say it in an American accent because it sounds like you're insulting mm-hmm. somebody. But, so, Chan and Kun are, Chan is for girls or young, young boys. And it's essentially saying, like, that they're younger than you. You're saying that they're cute, essentially. So, for example, mm-hmm. in Persona, they say, Nanako-chan. Nanako-chan is someone who is younger than you because she's very young in that game. Now, kun mm-hmm. is for boys, the same thing as chan. So, for example, another character, they call him, I'm not going to say his name, but blank kun because he's younger. He is a younger male character in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, you have senpai. Senpai is someone who's older than you if you're in high school. So someone, if I'm in, if I'm a freshman and they're a sophomore, I call them blank senpai. Okay. And then San mm-hmm. is like Mr. or Mrs. Okay. Yeah. That's what was my, that's my, oh, that was my guess. But again, um, it's so, it's so frustrating because they'd be like, Hey, yeah. what's up, Liam? Hey, what's up, Matthew senpai? Like they say it with like the whitest possible intonation and it kind yeah. and part yeah. of me wishes that they just and, didn't even mention it at all. Yeah. You know, it's like you could, you could, if you're localizing this, you would, you would just change San to Mister, or like, but also I think maybe like the senpai, um, and and Khan and Chan stuff. I feel like it almost plays, it almost plays a, a small role in the story a bit since it's sto- it's so like school focused and it's so like that kind of like environment focused that maybe like this is this is becoming a persona podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. I feel like we should stop stop. We we will persona. we will, but you can do that. This is like a like mini localization talk, I guess. But you could easily change like Kun Chan to like Cutie or like Hey, what's up? Like they could they could use other Americanized ways of doing it. Even though it takes place in Japan, if you're localizing that sort of stuff, it just sounds sounds weird to me. Yeah. Danny, if you're listening to this, or or Chase, if you're listening to this, please hit us up on Twitter and let us know because it I guess it bothered us, but maybe it doesn't bother other people. Yeah, I'm really interested to see like to hear. An American's point of view that I hasn't like seen something like that before because I kind of like I'm kind of familiar with that with that culture but um, in a different context. Um, but we'll move on. And so like <clears throat> uh, for me this week, I've also been playing um, been playing a lot of Pro- Pokemon Go, which you haven't been playing because you're in Japan. Oh um, my but God. I'll talk about Pokemon Go just a little <laughs> bit. Um, <laughs> po- I have a love hate relationship with Pokemon Go. I really like Pokemon Go because of the culture it's created and it's sort of taken the world by storm like in a, in a way that's actually very extreme it's actually kind of scary in some ways like <clears throat> i was at work yesterday and um we were about to go to the, to the elevator and a dude's do something on his phone and a lady comes into like the elevator room or whatever and she's like oh pokemon go 
and I'm, I'm on my headphones at, at this point, I'm like, I'm kind of just eavesdropping on the conversation, but he's like, yeah, man, or not yeah, man, but he's, he's like, yeah, uh, I play with my daughter sometimes, and like, it spends whole, so like, we're on the top floor, we're on the ninth floor, we go into the elevator, they're still talking about Pokemon Go, um, this is during lunchtime, and so the, the elevator stops on pretty much each floor on the way down, so it stops on 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, uh, and so on each floor, more people pile into the elevator, and as more people pile in, more people join the conversation about Pokemon Go. Like, oh yeah, I just caught this, I just got that. And I'm like, I can't remember the last time a game came out to where literally everybody was talking about it. And I work in a building, I work in a very professional building. Like, I work in like a headquarters of like a huge company, right? And like, these are people who, who like, are like, who have different like, very like, important roles. Like, businessmen, software engineers, uh, administrators, like different stuff. And they're just like, all talking about Pokemon Go. Um, so that happened. Um, I just saw an ad um, on Facebook from Sam's Club saying uh, that Pokemon Go players get a free uh, a free shopping day at Sam's Club. Um, not I mean the not where, like they won't get free they don't they won't get free stuff. But like in Sam's Club, you have yeah, you need a membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so if they let Pokemon Go players in free for one day um, without the membership, oh which I was gosh. like, wait, are you kidding me? Then um, last week when like the game kind of first came i mean not first came out but like the first full week of the game right uh soft launch or whatever yeah yeah i mean it just it it just launched um at the point but like we're we me and my sister were driving or whatever and we're driving uh to get go get some food and we come up to like this kind of like um it's kind of empty road to where like it's almost the entrance to the place we're getting food at and there's like a mom playing pokemon go with like her two kids or whatever and they're playing in like the street and we pull up and they just they just don't see us and we're like trying to get to this restaurant and they're kind of blocking our way and we just can't get past because they're like trying to catch whatever pokemon they just don't pay attention but we have to like slowly uh navigate our way around them and i'm like yo if this is the kind of thing where like like this game this game is sort of it's taken over it's a cultural another story yeah another story i was playing pokemon go with a few friends um around like 11 p.m. Uh, when I was in Illinois. And we're at the park. There's like freaking 50 people at this park all, pl- all playing Pokemon Go, um, which is kind of crazy. It was crazy to me. And I wrote um, I wrote an article about Pokemon Go called um, about how Pokemon Go has sort of brought unity at a time where like there's a lot of, uh, of um, uh, divide uh, with like the shootings and stuff that, that's been happening in the last few weeks. Yeah, dude, I saw um, that. I respect that. That's a, that's, that was an awesome article. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, and it was something. It was actually something I, I felt like at the park, and I put a I, I put a picture in the article um, of the people playing Pokemon Go at the park. Um, it was a lot of them, and it was sort of at that park where I kind of felt the whole unity thing of like, wow, like I've been having a crappy week, um, but like I get to hang out with a bunch of people um, at the park. Um, but also while we're at the park, we're kind of walking, and this dude in a hammock on a on a MacBook MacBook Pro looks at us me and my two friends as we're walking by and, he, and he's like hey how does it feel to lose free will and and i'm like first of all i'm like uh i go up to him and i'm like oh yeah man it sucks that the seattle seahawks lost man um and then <clears throat> or not the seattle seattle sounders lost man and he's like what wait what then he, then i was like wait what'd you say and he was like how does it feel to lose free will then i was like oh that is walked away because i thought he was talking about a baseball game or a soccer game I misunderstood him, um, but yeah, that was kind of weird. And so, like, there's a everybody knows about this game. Everybody's 
playing this game. This game is taking the world by storm more so than I've seen any other game take 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 the world by storm. Um, it has, I think the other day it had more active users than Twitter. Um, no, yeah, it did. It had more daily active users than Twitter, and it it was yeah, number one then, on the iTunes chart within like four days or three days. Yeah, and I was gonna say it even surpassed Facebook. Uh, uh, the other day, which blew my mind. Um, Ian, do you have any thoughts on Pokemon Go? Uh, oh, whoa, that was loud. Um, the thing is, I wish I had more thoughts on it. I've only seen second and third hand accounts because it's not available in Japan yet, yeah. I, which amazes me. But at the same time, I kind of understand. The thing about this is, I think it's awesome. My general thoughts is I think it's awesome. It's great that people are playing Pokemon in a new way. And I think that AR, augmented reality, is going to be another arm of video gaming in the new the new year, the coming year or new years. Because we all know that VR is going to be a big thing, right? VR is going to be the next... Mm-hmm. People are pushing VR like it's the next Wii, right? Uh, mm-hmm. or the, that, new, that new mechanic that is going to be built around a bunch of games. But now, with the success of Pokemon Go... You can see so many like gaming companies. You see news from like almost every website saying like, "Oh well, Nintendo is trying to do this with more blank Go and this Go," um, and you can de- you definitely see that you can definitely see that some companies are trying to mobilize an augmented reality game because of how much money Pokemon has brought into Nintendo. Nintendo, I think yes, as of yesterday or two days ago, their stock prices were worth more than Sony, and if you think about that, that's crazy. Sony, who has sold like 40 million consoles, who is doing so consistently well on that space, who is like, mm-hmm. Sony has like TVs, they have stereos, they have everything. And Nintendo is just a gaming company. And their stock was worth more because of this yeah. one gaming phenomenon, right? So you, you can definitely see Microsoft, you can see Facebook, you can see like PlayStation, all these companies like in a boardroom, like, all right, what can we do? What like what could we possibly do in the augmented reality space? And I feel like that's going to be another branch of of new types of games coming out. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of, it's funny because if any only '90s kids will know this, but if you know Digimon, do you know Digimon? Yeah, I know Digimon. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because Pokemon Go as a concept is an awesome game, but when you think about it, it's like it is Digimon because it's monsters invading our real world. Cause it was always clear that Pokemon was a different world than ours. And Digimon's whole thing is that there's creatures that some people can see that come from a digital space, like a phone or a, a computer. So like a friend of mine who had the same thought as me started making photoshops of Digimon go where he's just photoshopping out all the Pokemon and putting in like 3d models of, of like PS one, PS two graphics of like Agumon and like all these other Digimon and stuff. Um, mm. But in terms of, like, do you mean the game itself or do you mean, like, the impact? Because I already mentioned the impact. I mean, like, I, I mean, I have stuff to say about the game itself. Um, but if you have stuff you have stuff to say also, you can, you can go ahead. Um, you can go ahead, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I think that AR is going to be a big thing in the future <coughs> for both Nintendo and for other games, uh, other gaming companies that are coming out. I think Pokemon Go is awesome because it's bringing people together and it's making people go outside, which is, like... You know, in the 90s, my mom would always complain about, oh, like, why don't you go outside? Why don't you go outside? And if games can do that and can bring people outside of their comfort zone and out to talk to people and to do different things out in the wild, I think that's very good. And I think that... Okay, this is my my last thing about Pokemon Go because I haven't really played it yet. But my biggest problem 
or not problem, I guess we'll call it a gripe, is that I've loved Pokemon since I was eight years old. I, like, I've loved this game for, like, my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. But but now, like, everyone's like, oh, man, I love Pokemon. Pokemon's the best. It's the best thing ever. No, you don't. Don't lie to me. Like, and the thing is, you and I had a conversation about this, and, like, you were like, why are you getting so mad at me? I'm not a bandwagoner. And I was like, no, not you. I'm talking about people who... I've like known my entire life who have made fun of me for liking Pokemon. And now they're like, dude, I got to go down and catch that Blastoise, dude. And I'm like, no, you're not allowed to like this. This is my thing. And like, it, it kind of sucks. I made the comparison to being like a Golden State Warriors fan is that like, in this example, I am a Golden State Warriors fan from like 10 years ago. And now they're successful and everyone's like, oh man, I've been a, a Warriors fan from the drop. And then I'm like, no, you haven't. Don't lie to me. Hmm. <laughs> like, it, it just, it's just a frustrating thing yeah. to see something that you love, other people loving, but you feel like it's for the wrong reasons, you know? Yeah. I understand that. I think there's two, I mean, I think there's two facets to that. Uh, like, I mean, one of them is, like, if if all of a sudden something happened and, like, a product came out and all of a sudden everybody in the internet started loving Donkey Kong 64, I'll get kind of, <laughs> I'll be kind of, like, salty about it because I'm, like, I'm ride or die Donkey Kong 64, right? And if all of a sudden everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Tony Hawk 64, that's awesome," I'd be like, "You better shut your mouth." Um, and so I understand, I understand that aspect of it of like of like we we've been here with Pokemon for the beginning. We brought it out, and you still you still actually play Pokemon. I stopped after about Generation Four, um, but I still have I still played Pokemon enough, and I still have enough of a familiarity and enough of a passion for it to where I'm like I don't feel bad at all playing this game, um, or even saying like I'm a Pokemon fan. Uh, but like. <laughs> the other facet to it too is that like Pokemon Go is a completely different game, um, and like, like, it's weird seeing people that like never, may have never played Pokemon, um, and I can say like probably like a lot of people who are playing this game right now like probably never had an experience with Pokemon, even though it was a huge thing. I've seen people that are like older, like in like their forties and fifties playing, and so like <clears throat> I'm sure those people didn't play Pokemon when it was like in the it was hot in the early two thousands like nineties. Um, but yeah, seeing new people jump into it, jump into a brand that you kind of been loyal to, has been it's kind of weird. And I, I mean, I can't, I, I feel like I, I can't feel bad about it because I, I mean, at, at, at least they're getting into it. But um, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird that somebody would call themselves a fan of Pokemon. But I don't really. I'm not really too, too like, beat up about it or too passionate about it because it's whatever. You can be a, kind of a fan of whatever you want to. Um, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> it's just it's just the, the defensive nature of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when you yeah, love I something, feel, feel you want to make sure that it's treated with respect, and then like you see all these yeah. new people, and like, oh man, I love this thing; it's so great. And I'm not I'm not disparaging them for loving it. And in fact, that's awesome that like girls I used to date in high school who like you're such a kid. Why do you still play Pokemon? Are like running around full speed, like like local parks trying to catch Pokemon. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's also this weird thing where it's like. No, you don't like that thing. That's my thing. Get away from my thing. This is mine. You know. Yeah, I feel you. It's 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 fair. Um, <clears throat> my my thing with the game is that it's kind of a bad game. Um, as much as I as much as I love what the game has done, um, and as much as I love like the whole like uh, phenomenon and all that stuff, the game itself is is kind of bad. Uh, and like one, it runs horribly. And of course, like literally everybody in the mug is playing it, and so like I I I got an excuse the servers somewhat, but 
it's been two weeks and the servers still are horrible 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 uh there's that aside from the server issues i still feel like the game is not really that well designed um it's well designed for if the aim is to be, to be an exercise app um which i think it somewhat is and i think that's probably what they're going for a little bit mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like it's ter- in terms of like it as a pokemon game is kind of bad like they could have they could have done so much more um and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about like kind of what i would have wanted and i know maybe what i'm gonna say is kind of unrealistic and like in not really like i don't know like a good one um as far as like what can actually happen but i would have i would have expected this game to be like actual pokemon battles like you know like my your pokemon has four moves to choose from and you're actually like taking turns with like other pokemon to try and to try and catch them like you you use your pokemon attack the other pokemon damage up on one try to catch them kind of like the actual pokemon games um i would have thought that would have been a thing but it's but it's not in this game uh <clears throat> also like i don't know like they i i feel like they had a chance to to turn real life into pokemon life with augmented reality um m- they, they kind of took a half step instead of a full step. And so you still have your Pokeballs. You still have, like, your potions and all, and all this stuff. And you can still get them at your Pokestops and, and, and whatever. But, like, there are aspects of the game where I'm, like, you could have, like, <clears throat> like the battle system, you could have made that an actual thing. You could have gone hard with that. The, um, I don't know. The sort of friendly nature of, of the mechanics of the game kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Um, uh, do you have any thought, th- thoughts on that? And how I'd make the game better? Yeah, or like how you feel about the game itself, like mechanically, or even how you make it better. Um, from what I've seen, it just seems very bare bones. Mm-hmm. Um, they only have the original 151, which I think is interesting. I mean, it makes sense because they can slowly roll out more Pokemon over time. But... I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the game to make it better. I obviously would love like a battling system. Obviously, running around and collecting things is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean that's. I would add more Pokemon, I suppose. But that's the only like sort of thing I can I can add. Yeah, mm, I feel you. Uh, so <clears throat> other games I played this week. I'm going to rest them a little bit because we have spent a lot of time on the segment. Uh, I played Fury, uh, which is actually a really great game. I wrote an article on it. Um, I wrote an article on the about the first like boss battle in the game. So the game is like it's all boss battles, and so it's akin to like um, Titan Souls, I think is the name of, the, of that game. I can't remember mm-hmm. now. Or like a Shadow of Colossus, or like games where like it's mainly just boss battles. <clears throat> but yeah, it's really cool. It's arcadey, which I really like. It's difficult, which I like. Um, the character. Is, it reminds me of like a mix a mixture between Afro Samurai and Tracer from Overwatch, because the the, the, the art like director that. on that game uh, did Afro Samurai. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, like <laughs> it that makes a lot of sense because this reminds you of Afro Samurai, and even the whole tone of the game reminds you of like something that's kind of dark and brutal, and it's anime ish, but it's not really anime. It's like it kind of gives me the it gives me like an anime vibe from kind of the intensity of like how violent it pre- presents itself or how raw it presents itself basically it's really cool it's really um uh it's 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 really good and so like the combat system is also cool i told somebody on twitter that it reminds me of dragon ball z tenkaichi 
And that's because, hmm. like, when I, when I was first playing it, it felt almost like a fighting game, like an anime fighting game, which I thought was really cool. Um, it was very, it was fast-paced. It was fast-paced, like Tenkaichi, and then, like, when I was doing, like, the um, gun shots from afar, I felt like I was shooting key blasts. But that's basically why I make that comparison. But yeah, Fury is really cool. Um, I played the new update on Grand Theft Auto Online, the Insane Stunts one. Best, one of the best updates. Um, I mean, it's, it doesn't go up against like the heist update, um, but it's definitely better than like the update before this, which I think was like the um, the yacht one, um, because on that one you kind of needed to be rich. But like this one is really cool. I played a lot of the races. I think I played all of them. Um, it's really fun, really good. So if you're into GTA Online, check that out. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I played Saints Row 4 and I played, I played Journey, um, also, um, which are old games, so I won't go into them. Uh, but I actually want to transition into news now, uh, and I'll start off with <clears throat> what I feel like is the best news of the week. Uh, the NES Classic Mini was revealed by Nintendo, uh, which is basically like, in a Nintendo system, like the NES system, with 30 games preloaded um, onto it. And it's like the size of... It's like the width of the NES controller. Um, and it's like a smaller um, NES. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? On this new NES? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Are you excited uh, for it? I've, I'm not going to buy it. That's the thing. I can play a lot of those classic games already. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so focused on these new games like Persona and... Again, I'm playing the new Monster Hunter. I'm playing all these new games that while I'm so glad this is available for especially like younger kids that have never gotten a chance to play those games, uh, I, I'm, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to buy it, but as mainly because I, I love the NES. Um, and there are a lot of games I didn't get to play um, that I would prefer to play on like that NES controller. Um, and so like Mega Man... Um, uh, actually, you know, I did play a lot of those games. I think about it. Oh, like Zelda. Uh, I played the original Zelda, but I never got far in it because it was just too difficult for me. But I feel like this will be a chance for me to get into it. Um, I'm gonna love playing the three Mario Bros. games, Metroid, all that stuff. Uh, I feel like it's a it's a good package. Now, of course, there are other there are other ones like the Retron um, and like other kind of emulators and stuff like that. Uh, but I I kind of like the official nature of this one, and I don't know. It looks cool to me. Um, and even it's just like something just to put in my room. It looks, I mean, I think it'll be kind of cool. So I'm excited mm. about that. Uh, my other story that I had for news was that, uh, it's the N64's 20th anniversary. Uh, and N64 is my first console. And so I kind of just want to celebrate that. Uh, did you play the N64 growing up, Ian? Oh, hell yeah. It was one of my, I think it was either my first system or my, second system i can't remember mm-hmm. but i think one of the main reasons why i even started playing games ever was because of bomberman 64 mm. interesting so yeah yeah it's it's so strange to think that i was four years old when that game came out or when that or five years old when that system came out but it was like a very pivotal part of like my gaming career i guess uh what would what would you say are your favorite n64 games what do you say what would you say are your favorite N64 games? Um, let me see. Uh, I would say Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2. Those are really good. Bomberman 64. Mm, and I think that's it. Nice. 
Uh, for me, I'd I'd say <clears throat> uh, Mario sixty four, for sure is like number one for me, and I think that's actually my favorite game of all time. That um, and Do oh Super Smash Bros is in there too, and Donkey Kong sixty four is really good, and Diddy Kong Racing is actually another like uh, really good one. I think that's like the superior kart racer. Um, I like it better than Mario Kart sixty four. I know a lot of people don't, but yeah, those are games I kind of liked. Um, Ian. What news do you have this week? Uh, I have a bunch of stories, so I'm just going to run through them really quick. So, this past week was Evo, which was the Evolution fighting game tournament in Las Vegas. I think it was either a week ago or a couple of days ago. And the only American to make it out of pools for Street Fighter was a guy named Eli Joe. Really nice guy. Met him at New York Comic Con. I think roughly around a year ago or a year and a half ago, and he got top eight, only American to get top eight. And then the winner was, oh, wow. What was his name? Infiltration from Korea. Mm. So that was an awesome thing that happened. And did, did you know anything about Evo Bless or no? I mean, I know what it is and stuff, and I knew that was happening, but I don't really follow, like, I don't follow any of the players or anything like that. I know Daigo. And that's about Daigo it. <laughs> the Beast. Yeah. I know him basically because he fought um, Lupe Fiasco in Street Fighter one time. Yes. Yeah. But he never he didn't even make it out of pools. Wow. And that's, I think, the or pools I'm talking about, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the most interesting thing is that a lot of these players that people thought were going to win or, like, were going to make it out of pools didn't make it as high as, like, other players. Like, for example, Justin Wong is a very popular Street Fighter player. He's been around for years and years and years, even since like uh, Third Strike, which is a very older game, or which is a way older game. Mm. Uh, he didn't even make it out of pools. So it was just an interesting Evo in terms of Street Fighter. Uh, again, I don't follow the Smash scene, so I didn't, I can't really say anything about that. But Or I don't also don't follow the anime scene, the anime fighting game scene, so I can't really say much about that. But I just wanted to mention Evo. The next story that I have is actually about Pokemon Go. Mm. And the Pokemon Go servers, like I mentioned before, Pokemon Go is not available in Japan. And people are saying the reason why is because a they're doing a collaboration with McDonald's and other convenience stores around here that if you go to these convenience stores, they are confirmed Pokestops. Mm. So you are more incentivized to go to these places. How, how do you feel about that? Because I don't really have an opinion on it either way yet because I haven't really thought that much about it. And I apologize for my voice again. My voice is getting progressively worse. <laughs> as the podcast goes on and so i'm gonna let uh you ian do more of the talking uh but yeah i find it i don't know how i feel about it morally yet because i don't know if they're doing anything wrong but i feel almost like it's wrong in a way but i can't like say why it would be wrong if that makes sense like, yeah you, it just feels weird to you yeah it does and maybe that's because pokemon go has become so big and like if pokemon go decided like Hey, we're just gonna make every McDonald's a Pokestop in America. Like that would do wonders for for McDonald's. They'd do wonderful wonders for any business. Um, and I guess this maybe it's probably not an immoral thing at all, but like I don't know. I just feel it does feel weird for me. Yeah, it. Like no yeah, one. I mean, in Japan, sorry. a lot of these. Uh, okay, so the yeah. last game to come out of Niantic Studios was a game called Ingress, and mm -hmm. Ingress is actually decently popular over here. And convenience stores actually have different things associated with that game still in them like for example if you buy uh, i think an onigiri or some form of lunch from a convenience store you get like ingress points or something like that mm -hmm. so 
I'm completely fine with the integration. It just is frustrating that I can't play the game. And that's the only feeling I have about it. And, and apparently the news was that they delayed it more because the email leaked. But I, don't, I have no other thoughts about it. It just it sucks because I want to play the game, but I can't. Uh, so moving on, my last news piece of the day is Pokemon. So again, we, we've been talking about Pokemon this entire time. And now... But this isn't about Pokemon Go. This is about Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. So they revealed, I think, six new Pokemon for Pokemon Sun and Moon. And they are of various different types. One is a a horseshoe crab called Wimpod, a bug and water type. One is called Bone Sweet, which is a grass type. And then one is called Comfy, which is a flower. It looks like a lei, essentially, the thing that you get when you go into Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, or one of the last ones, is called Mudsdale, which is this giant, I call him Dirt Horse, but it looks like a really interesting design. It has, like, dreadlocks and everything. It looks like it's covered in, like, mud. And then the last two are Mimikyu, which, or, yeah, Mimikyu, which is a ghost fairy type that looks like it's wearing a Pikachu costume. It's, like, a Pikachu mm-hmm. cosplayer. It's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. And you, there's tons of fan art for it, and it's very popular on the internet and Tumblr. And then the next one is Beware, which is a giant red panda creature. A few, uh, a few things. And yeah, um, all those Pokemon seem really interesting. Do you are you going to buy the new Pokemon Bless? Or oh not? no, definitely not. But I do have I do have a couple questions for you about Pokemon. Um, mm. What's 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 the name of that that um, thing that looks like Pikachu again? It's called Mimikyu. Yeah, and so basically it's like a mimic uh, Mimikyu like uh, like a mimic Pikachu. I saw a hilarious meme. Of did you, did you are you, do you know what's up with Melanie Trump Melania Trump in her speech the other day Yeah 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 But how like she kind of copied um, Michelle Obama's and so I saw like a meme of like it was like Michelle Obama and Pikachu next to each other and then Melania Trump and like Mimikyu next to each other which I thought was hilarious <laughs> um, Another question uh, I wasn't even a question that was just a statement but an actual question uh, do you feel, do you feel like they're getting a little bit lazy with their Pokemon designs at all because I was looking at it and this could just be being getting older and maybe like pokemon designs were always kind of like this but like after seeing um comfy and seeing beware i was kind of like okay like these seem a little like i don't know like kind of a little bit lazy a little bit obvious a little bit like non-creative or too cutesy i don't know are they yeah are, yeah is pokemon getting too cute or anything like that i don't well they've always kind of been cute i guess and now i think about it but do you feel what i'm saying at all no, I completely agree with you. And I definitely had that initial reaction when I first saw these Pokemon. Uh, I, the only one that really gets me is Beware. Because it just, it looks like a weird, it looks too simplified. Mm-hmm. Most Pokemon have like a certain feature that defines them as a Pokemon. Uh, like just, just a small thing. But Beware just seems very flat to me. Yeah, Beware just Maybe that like will look different when they animate. But uh, and it, that's the only one that really bothered me, which was, bothered was Beware. Me. The name just seems to like... The name is the name is basically bear and beware put together, and I know like yeah. Squirtle's name is Squirt and Squirrel put together, uh, mm. but like I don't know Bulbasaur is like dinosaur and bulb I don't know is two words put together. Yeah. Beware just seemed kind of like man, we couldn't think of anything more clever than that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know. They have completely different names in Japanese. That's a good point. So yeah. I don't know. Like, for example, Bulbasaur's name in Japanese is Fushigi Dane. That sounds cool. 
What? That sounds that sounds kind of cool. No, it does sound cool, but the thing is, a lot of these names don't mean anything. Yeah. So that's fair. But in in America, all the Pokemon names have a certain like meaning to them, pun to them, yeah. or like a weird creative thing to them. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But in Japanese, um, they don't do the they don't like mesh words together or anything like that. They're just like random words. Yeah, words. For, from my understanding. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, I can I can agree and see where like someone who played the Gen One games can see these designs and they're like, oh, they're a little bit weird. But like, you need to just look at the first generation with objectivity, and then you can kind of look at the new ones with a fresher eye. Like, mm-hmm. think about it for a second. What does Muck look like? That's a good point. I don't know. He looks. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a puddle. What is Mister Mime? He's a mime. Mister Mime. Mister exactly. Mime was, has life in him. Actually, he has a lack of life in him. To be honest. Uh, he looks like a dead man walking. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I wonder what Dragonite so, was. So, I think... What'd you say? Uh, I wonder what Dra- Dragonite's inspiration was. Dragonite was actually supposed to be... From what I remember, I think I saw, like, design documents from the first Pokemon game, and they were thinking... I think originally they were trying to do Dratini, Dragonair, and then Gyarados. Really? Huh. That would make sense. Yeah, and then Magikarp into Dragonite. Because if you look at their color schemes, they look very similar. Mm-hmm. And, like, their shaping and the way that they're made looks very similar. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That I think about it. Yeah. And do you know, um... Oh, what was the other one? Uh, I think Venonat was supposed to be the pre-evolution to Butterfree. Ooh, yeah, that makes sense also. Because if you look at the color schemes and you look at their eyes, they're nearly identical. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. I never, I never knew. Weird, right? Yeah. It makes sense though. Um, mm. <clears throat> and that should be, I think, yeah, that's my final story. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, it's just the Anna's Anna's release in Overwatch, yeah. and I literally just played one game of her, so I can't really speak that much to her quality or how she yeah. is. So maybe we'll save yeah. that for. We're next recording week. this on Thursday, um, and this episode goes live on Monday. Uh, and so, as of the time we re-record this, Anna literally just released. Um, like a couple hours ago, and so yeah, I played one game with her. I played enough with, of her to be like, okay, yeah, she's cool. But I haven't really gotten to experience her, and so um, we'll have more for you on Anna next week, maybe. Um, but yeah, Anna's out on Overwatch, and so that's exciting. Uh, next, I mean, that so usually on the show, right? Usually we would have a guest, um, but we ha- we don't have a guest. This is the first episode, and I just wanted to keep it me and Ian so we can just get our, our flow going. And so we're going to skip the guest talk segment. Um, then we'd go into like a different segment, like a random segment we'd have during the week. I'm going to skip this mostly because of time. Actually, yeah, I was going to say yeah. like, like, oh, it's our first episode. We're trying to get into a flow. And yet like we flowed so horribly that we talked about two things for like 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we talked about Persona and like, what was the other thing? Pokemon Go? Is that what we talked about for like forever? Mm. Um, but yeah, so we're going to skip that segment. And we're going to go right into the topic of the day. And we're going to have... Two topics of the day. Two topics of the day, um, mainly because we don't have a guest, um, and these topics shouldn't actually take as much time. I don't think, uh, but if they do, it's fine because they're the topics of the day. Uh, the first topic is this: um, What do you usually look for in the in a game? Um, and uh, the reason why I made this a topic is because Ian, you like to refer to yourself as like the story guy. Is that correct? Yeah, that's like I'm usually my 
my self-declared title is I'm like the lore guy, the story guy, and that's kind of what drives me in most games that I play. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like back in the day, I don't know if this is me anymore, but I used to like always say like, hey, gameplay, gameplay is king, um, all this stuff. And I'm kind of changed now, but um, but I want to know, Ian, for you, what is it that you look for in a game? What is it I look for in a game? Uh, I'm definitely a gameplay person as well, but if I had to rank all these things, I would say story is my most important thing. Story and intriguing characters. Again, going back to Persona, that's why I love Persona. Each of the characters has something interesting about them. They have a cool backstory that kind of tells you about their character and makes you want to like them or dislike them. And that's kind of what motivates me to play. Same thing with like Borderlands. Borderlands, they have like good gameplay or, or a good gameplay loop. But at the same time, they have good and interesting characters. Maybe not dynamic characters, but at least intriguing mm. and archetypal enough that you can kind of connect with each one. Like in Persona, I connect with... Oh, I'm not going to say who it is because it's a spoiler. But I connect with a certain character because of their personality and how they react to the world around them. And that's kind of what motivates me to play. Mm. Uh, for me, I'm, I, I'm kind of the same, actually. Uh, story is very important for me, I think. I didn't realize that until I played Shadow of the Colossus and Metal Gear Solid 3 back-to-back for the first time. Uh, that was when I was in high school. A friend let me borrow those two games. <clears throat> and I played um, I played Shadow of the Colossus first, I want to say. And, yeah, like, that game... I mean, that game doesn't have much of a story. I mean, it has a story, but it doesn't have much of a story. Like, the story is basically, like, you go into this weird land... And you have to slay some giants so you can sl- so you can save a woman. Apparently, that's all you know. And as you go through the game, there's not much like gameplay. There's not much narrative. Metal Gear Solid Three um, sort of changed my perception of story in games because <laughs> I'm getting distracted because of Ian's freaking uh, uh, document stuff. And so I apologize for like my stuttering. Um, it's hilarious though because I I was talking and I started reading it on accident. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, but yeah, Mel- no, Metal Gear Solid though, like um, three, um, and it's basically like a movie. It's like an anime movie, almost. And gameplay is also a huge part of it. But I feel like most of it, like I feel like you're in it for the story because the story is so good and the story is so integral to it. Um, but yeah, those are the games that kind of changed things for me because before that, I, I barely played games with stories in them. Like I played a lot of Burnout. I played um, a lot of, like, racing games, fighting games, played, like, wrestling games, played, like, a lot of Mario games. I got N64, and so, like, there's not really that many games on N64 that you play for the story. You play those games more so for uh, the gameplay or for the multiplayer aspect of them. And so, one, I think story has sort of taken it, um, story has sort of taken over for me, and so I'm also very much into story. Um but also, I like the competitive nature of games, and so I feel like that's why I'm very much into Overwatch, um, and I and that's also why I used to be very much into Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, not anymore because everybody else has gotten good at Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, but yeah, stuff where I'm like building up a character, or like or making somebody strong so I can go destroy somebody else. I I enjoy that, um, and that's why. I feel like I would really love Hearthstone. I just don't have the time to play it. But, I mean, if I found the time to play it, I feel like that's why I would love it. Um, but, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, and so we'll, do, we'll, we'll call that um, just for the topic of the day. And we'll keep that one, that one short uh, because we got some viewer questions. And we got more viewer questions than I think 
I was I was expecting. I like how you enlarged like enlarged the font, bolded it, then underlined it, and so it's the only thing I can see while talking. I wanted to make sure you saw it. <laughs> I'm like staring at it the whole time, and I'm like, man, I don't know how to talk because I'm at the same time trying to read this. I'm um, sorry. No, you're good because it's actually hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, we're gonna save our second topic for next week, um, and I'm gonna delete this so I don't have to stare at it. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to save our second talk for next week. And we're just going to go right into viewer questions. Um, and so, our first question um, is from The Loot, at The Official Loot on Twitter. And they ask, with the announcement of a Detective Pikachu film, is this the beginning of a Pokemon takeover? And how do you think it'll pan out? Um, I think my answer to this is, it's crazy to think that this would be the beginning of a Pokemon takeover. Like, that wouldn't be, like, the late 90s. Um, but, yeah. Um, I think it's the beginning of something. I feel like Detective Pikachu is a weird way to go. It's a weird place to start off um, if you're about to try and do, like, a Pokemon takeover type of deal. Um, I think it's going to... I think it's probably going to flop for the simple fact that it's Detective, Detective Pikachu. But who knows? They might actually make it good. Um, I feel like the reason why the anime was such a hit was because it wasn't, um, like, this weird spinoff thing. It was, it was based on, uh, what the game was about, right? The game was about going out and being a Pokemon master and catching Pokemon and stuff, and that's what the show was about. Um, and so I just feel like Detective Pikachu is kind of weird. It's kind of a weird direction. But yeah, uh, Ian, what do you think? Uh, I'm a massive Pokemon fan. But I don't know how this is going to go. I think they're just trying to capitalize more on the Pokemon name now that it's becoming like in the zeitgeist, I guess. But by the time this movie will or or would come out, I don't know if the zeitgeist is going to be talking about Pokemon anymore. Or at least in the same way. I think that they might be trying uh, to do... They, they, they might be trying to do with Pokemon Go what Blizzard is doing with Overwatch, which is kind of keep it relevant. And I think they'll, they're probably going to add... Um, more regions and all that stuff and they're probably going to try and keep it within the zeitgeist. I don't know if they can. Um, that is like a different uh, discussion almost. Um, and I don't know if a movie about Detective Pikachu is the way to go. I feel like there are so many other routes you could have gone with this. If I think it's live action, right? It's a live action Detective Pikachu movie. I have um, no idea. I just know that it got greenlit. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I think it's live action. So I think that Weird, weirdly enough, I think that might be the saving saving grace, is that it's gonna be one of those weird things. It's very, it's very much like early two thousands, late nineties, um. Because like, uh, what am I thinking of? What was that movie with the cartoon characters that was based in real life? Not Space Jam. Well, kind of like Space Jam. Actually, let's just go with Space Jam. I feel like this might be kind of like Space Jam, except with Pikachu instead of Bugs Bunny, um, and instead of basketball, you get a murder. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um Winston Gray at at Winston RTR asks, "What are what what's your opinion on the hive mind?" Um I have no opinion. I have no idea what a hive, hive mind is. Ian, do you? Uh, I think he means like I don't even know. This is like a really interesting question. I mean, I think maybe he means it's like public opinion about how like people do the same thing over and over again. And I guess that's kind of oh. like what we're talking about with Pokemon Go. We kind of already touched I on it with think. the Pokemon Go sort of situation. 
where I was frustrated that people were just doing it just because it's a part of the zeitgeist. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So my opinion on the hive mind is that it's really frustrating because you feel as though sometimes people can be getting into the right thing for the wrong reasons and the wrong thing for the right reasons. And it's hard to judge why people like something. And you're afraid that some people are doing things non-genuinely, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's my opinion on the hive mind. Um, Yeah, if if with hive mind he's talking about groupthink or whatever um i think it's i i i'm of two minds with this um one i think it is scary uh that people jump on on bandwagons uh so easily or flock to the same thing so easily or, um everybody does this everybody does that everybody is quick to hate on donald trump well, actually that's actually kind of reasonable but like but um the fact that everybody's doing it um you know um um, with the Donald, with the Donald Trump example, right? Donald Trump's not the, not really the best guy. He's not even that good of a guy or whatever. Um, but sort of like the thing in culture right now is to hate on him. And that's because, uh, sort of what media tells us to do. Pokemon Go is the thing to do. It's because what media tells us to do. Pokemon Go is a fun thing, right? It has like a lot of positive things about it, but like literally everybody and their mother is playing Pokemon Go because this is a zeitgeist. And I think that's almost, it's almost kind of scary. In terms of um, <clears throat> um, the positive aspects of High Mind, I think it's really fun to jump into a bag bandwagon. Um, I, it's fun on Twitter. It, it's fun to chime in on things. It's fun to like bounce ideas off people when everybody is, is of the same uh, kind of mindset and focusing on the same kind of topic, even if it's like disagreeing about a topic or talking about the topic. Uh, being part of a, of a huge thing makes you feel interconnected with people, and I think I think it's good for relationship in that sort of sense. Um, but yeah, that's my that's basically my opinion of it. Jared White Wick White. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Jared. Um, at Jared underscore on Twitter asks: Should Nintendo make the NX announcement at or around Gamescom? Uh. Ian, do you know when Gamescom is? If not, I can look it up. I have no idea, actually. It's soon. I feel like it's very soon. Um, but, I mean, I feel like they should have made the next announcement a while ago. And so, um, my answer is as soon as possible. Let's see, Gamescom, soon. I mean, they claim that they were holding announcements at E3 to assure that their competition doesn't copy them. But, I mean, they're so behind at this point that it doesn't matter, I don't think. And I think that might just have just been an excuse that they just weren't ready yet and they weren't ready to say anything about it. But we'll see. Um, saying it at Gamescom would kind of make sense to me, but at the same time, mm-hmm. Nintendo tends to do this thing where the thing that makes sense, they usually don't do that. So I'm, I'm expecting it to just be out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm expecting the same thing, actually. Uh, Gamescom is the next month, uh, for the record, August 20th. <clears throat> but yeah, like I don't... Nintendo Nintendo's weird, and I think I think well what it was is they didn't have the marketing ready. I feel like by now the system like has to be ready. They have to know like the key components of it, and like all, and it has, it's it's basically done. It has to be done at this point, or else what are they doing? Um, it might not be ready to ship right now, but it has to be ready. You know, um, I just think it's a marketing thing of like they don't know how to message it yet. They don't know how to give it out. Give uh, tell the public about it. I think that's why they didn't. They didn't reveal it 
reveal what it was at E3. I think Gamescom hopefully will be it, but I don't have hope for it um, to be. I think, I think it'll be random. Uh, but I mean, in terms of when I think they should do it, I think they should do it as soon as possible. You know, I think they should do it tomorrow. And if they don't do it tomorrow, I think they should do it the day after tomorrow. Um, as soon as possible. Chase Williams on Twitter asks, or at Bodacious Chase on Twitter asks, what's your dream job? Um, Me? I think either of us. Um, my dream job would be, I don't know. I'm kind of struggling with that right now, actually. And this is going to get more deep than video games in a minute. But, um, I moved out to Japan to escape a job that I wasn't necessarily happy with, if that makes any sense. And now I'm in the process of eventually moving back to America to get a design job, which was my original intention. Uh, but I guess my dream job would just to be do something that I enjoy and be surrounded with people that are like-minded. And right now I do that. It's just in life. It's all about kind of small goals and achieving small goals over time. So if I can eventually end up at a job where I have like-minded individuals around me, but they're also creative, that's kind of my long-term goal. But right now I think a dream job is just someplace that you can go to where you're not dreading going to work every day. And I don't dread going to work every day. So it's kind of a, it's a win-win for me, you know? Mm. My dream job would probably be to work um, in Goonsville. <gasps> um, which is Bless. very much it. What up? Pokemon Go is available in Japan right now. Are you serious? Yeah, How dude. Okay, we'll wrap up this podcast as soon as uh... possible. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, my, my dream job would probably be to work in games media. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know to what fashion. You know, because I could say writing, but I feel like that's not the thing anymore. Like, nobody, like, it's very hard to become a writer. It's very hard to do anything in games media, to be honest. Um, writing is something that maybe we're looking at less and less. We are, they're looking, people are looking for more on-screen personalities now, or, like, I don't know, basically, like, celebrities or personalities. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, to do something with video games, I'd love to do, and I'm not a designer, I'm not, like, a... I'm not, I, I can't code, I, and, and I could learn how to do these things, but I don't feel like those are my passions. Uh, I would, actually, I would love to design a game, actually, um, but I don't know, I don't know if that's, like, my given ability or given talent. I feel like I do well from a game's coverage side, um, but also, apart from even games, like, I feel like my dream job might even be to, like, run a podcast empire, similar to, um, uh, just... Uh, McElroy. Which McElroy brother is it? Maybe all of them, actually. Similar to one of the McElroys that's at Polygon. The one that's on Cool Games, Inc. I can't remember his name. Griffin. Similar to Griffin McElroy. Um, I want to run a podcast empire. Um, so that'd be that'd be awesome. Because I love podcasting. Um, Eberstar, um, at Eberstar92 on Twitter, says, Why are you doing this? Um, and I think by this he means, why, why are we doing this podcast? And so... Uh, I actually have a my, good reason for that. Yeah, like my answer is basically because I one I want one I want to get better at talking to people and talking on microphones and doing this. I want to get better at production. Period. I, all the stuff that entails a podcast are things I want to get better at: talking into a microphone, organizing, um, planning, um, sound production, all this stuff. I want to get better at, and so that's why I'm doing it. Also because I enjoy it and I like talking to people about video games, uh, and so. 
Uh, that's why I'm doing the podcast specifically. I'm doing the website as a whole. Uh, also because I want to get better um, at all the things you see on the website. Um, and once again, I enjoy talking and analyzing video games. And even like with my theory article about Fury's first hour or whatever, I feel like even just writing that, I had a better understand. I was able to gain a better underst- understanding of game design. Um, and that just came from writing writing it down on a laptop, um, writing down my thoughts on Fury's opening hour. And so uh, that's kind of what why I do this. What about you, Ian? Uh, so when I first moved to Japan, I said to myself that I'm playing all these games, but I don't really know why I'm playing them. I'm not objectively thinking about you know, is this game good? Is this game bad? What are my thoughts on it? So I started to write down, same thing as you, I started to write down like what I thought about games and like any time I would play a game, I'd write a small thing about it. But then I saw your writing and I was like, wow, that's really awesome. Like, let me contact this guy. So I contacted you and then you and I got together and then we started to talk. We realized we were both like-minded and then we were like, hey, let's just start a podcast together. And then there you go. Yeah, basically. That's I mean, yeah, that's basically how it goes. Um, Eberstar also asks, and when do I, when can I come on? LOL. Um, funny story, I was actually on his podcast. Um, you should check it out. Uh, it is called, crap, what is it called? The Monolith, the Monolith Nerdcast, I want to say. If I got that wrong, I'm really sorry, dude. Um, I have a lot on my mind right now. I, I can barely talk. Uh, but yeah, it's called, it's called Monolith. And if, if you want to check it out, then yeah, check out um, Eberstar. 92 on Twitter. Um, but yeah, dude, you're welcome to come on anytime. I have like a, I have a list of people that I'm going to get on this podcast. Um, and you're on the list. But I mean, Alex Van Aken's on the list. He's like first on the list. Uh, Chase is on the list. Um, <laughs> Jared from Controlled Interest is on the list. Um, there's a lot of people on the list. And so, but I'm going to get you on. Um, I also want to get Sean Pitts on at some point. But he just got hired at IGN. And so maybe I should have got him, got him on before, um, before that. Uh, but we'll get him on. Get him on at some point last question before we wrap up fiona mackinan um at Zeronix on twitter um asks your favorite pokemon um and which gen are you looking forward to releasing when i assume she's talking about pokemon go um but first we'll answer our favorite pokemon uh my favorite pokemon uh i have two hitmonlee is one of them because i think he looks cool he's all like all deformed and stuff but i think he looks cool being a deformed human being um and charmeleon i really like charmeleon because he just like he also looks cool and he's like all red and fiery and stuff so in um my favorite pokemon is good question my favorite pokemon from the first gen is definitely squirtle i'm a huge fan of squirtle and then my most recent favorite pokemon wow that's hard um i don't even know i like almost all the pokemon designs to be honest with you but mm. greninja is really cool obviously and he's actually just recently in japan got crowned the most popular pokemon so really? i'm gonna go with squirtle and greninja i didn't know greninja was that popular oh yeah he's like the most popular pokemon in japan right now i didn't know he was a pokemon until super smash bros Mm-mm. um is he like legendary or anything or is he just like a random pokemon no he's a starter oh he's a starter i didn't know that Okay, mm-hmm. well that makes sense then. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, which which generation is he from? Like the, the most generation? recent one. Oh, is that why? In... Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I didn't know all that. 
Oh, well, that's Do you know cool. his name in J- in Japanese? No. Injibre? Get Koga. That sounds like a threat. Well, it's like Gecko and Koga. Koga is ninja. Mess with me and you'll get Koga. That's what <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like somebody's about to beat me up. Uh, if you want to also ask, which gen are we looking forward to releasing? For me, it's, I'm very much looking forward to um, the Juttle Pokemon Gen 2. Um, that's what, that's like probably my favorite after the original. Uh, and of course, it's probably because like, um, you know, still like hype on Pokemon then. But also, um, I don't know, I just thought that was really cool. Entei is such a cool Pokemon. Um, I love the three legendary dogs. Um, um, what are some other Pokemon from that gen that I really liked? I can't even remember. I can't think of it right now. Um, Totodile was my dude. Oh, yeah, Totodile. Yeah, Totodile was really cool. Uh, but yeah, there there's some weird stuff. Like, I remember my, I, I remember when that gen of Pokemon came out, it, like, they, like, flipped my perception of everything. It, like, blew my mind because, um, I got Pokemon Stadium 2, um, because I didn't have a Game Boy, I don't think, or I didn't have the game or whatever. And... On uh, Pokemon 2, I'll just go down the list of Pokemon and be like, oh, what's this, what's this, what's this? And Pokemon two, Pokemon Stadium 2 is where I, I got most of my knowledge of different kinds of Pokemon um, and all their names, all this stuff. And so I remember seeing, like, Togepi have, like, an evolution. And I'd be like, what? And I'll just, like, stare at it and be like, why does Togepi have an evolution? And well, <laughs> my nose is running profusely right now. And so I'm going to have to get off this podcast really soon. Um, but, yeah, I'm really hyped for that gen releasing. Uh, what about you? Um, ironically enough, I think Pokemon X and Y were my most favorite generation besides Gen 1, so I'm waiting for them. Why would you say that's, um, that's your favorite? Huh? Why is X and Y your favorite generation after the first? I think they just had interesting designs. Mm-hmm. Oh. My, I mean, my most favorite Pokemon is Pokemon Gold and Silver because that's kind of like my first... That was like kind of when I woke up as a gamer was playing Pokemon Gold. And I also... Mm-hmm. My cousin at the time had a... um had a ROM hack of the Japanese version six months before the game came out. And when I realized that, it blew my mind. But I, I think I have a more more of a connection to Pokemon X and Y Pokemon just because I was like an adult and I made a decision to go out and to get that game myself in college. So, Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to call it a podcast. Um, one, because I'm literally about to like just fall over it. Um, and also, you've resending the questions. So thank you for sending your questions. If you have a question... Um, feel free to tweet at OKBeastNow. Um, and yeah, you will, we'll get them right on the podcast. It's very easy. We'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll literally read everything that is said um, because we did that this weekend. I'm sure we won't get that many. And so if you have a question you want to answer, feel free to tweet. Uh, and um, thank you for listening. Um, but to go back, OKBeast. Do you want me a, to read the outro? Because <laughs> you're yeah, so sick. Read the outro, please. <laughs> go ahead. Me? Okay, so yeah, do I just read the description? Yeah, just read the description. <laughs> Alright. OK Beast is a brand dedicated to games, culture, and looking at how games fit within our culture. The OK Beast podcast is a gaming-centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. If you like that, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow us at OK Beast Now on Twitter. My name is Ian Brichelle, and you've just been beasted. I, I after you said that I thought about making that like a thing where you've just been beasted, but then I thought about it a little bit and I was like, nah. Oh, well, we have to say you've just been beasted, and then like they think like, oh, it's a beast, and it's like really scary, and then we just go, meow. We're just gonna end the podcast with that.
Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.